modern worship music's not like the hymns. No, you're right, it's not. It's so much better. Um, the power in some of those lyrics, the theology contained and the truths declared. Wow, what a privilege to be able to gather and sing those uh, songs. Uh, so this morning we're on uh, the Love Never series. Um, if you're a visitor, we're doing a series based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it talks about prophecy in tongues and moving mountains and miracles and generosity. In the midst of that, it talks about, but without these, without love. And it describes the character of Christ as being the center of everything that we're doing. So that's what we're looking at this morning. Some people have been calling the Love Never series the Summer of Love, okay, which is not altogether helpful, but we'll, we'll roll with it. What I'd like to do before I open up about prophecy this morning. We're going to talk about prophecy this morning. Who's up for prophecy this morning? Um, wow. So I'm going to read you 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, 1 to 13, just to refresh your minds to say what it says. Um, it's not going to come up on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you because faith comes by hearing the word of God sometimes. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gifts of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. When I thought, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am known fully. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We're going to discover our lifestyle attitude of professing the goodness of God of living a love heart and encouragement leads to prophetic living. That's what we're going to be looking at. But first of all, what I'd like us to do is look at miscommunication. Miscommunication. We've got to be very careful about what we say because that statement is true. However, you could misinterpret the intention and when we're talking about prophecy, we're talking about bringing the Word of God, we need to be very clear that we're getting it right. In a world that is wired for miscommunication these days, who's ever sent a text? Who's ever sent a message on Messenger? Who's ever sent an email? Who's ever been misunderstood? Who's ever misunderstood somebody else? Yeah, so in a world wired for misunderstanding... It's critically important that we get it right. We have a rule in church, and, and I'm obviously constantly trying to enforce it. Let's not have a discussion by text message. Let's not have a discussion by messenger, because you don't get tone or intonation. You don't understand what's really being said. And if your grammar is as bad as mine, I could be saying absolutely anything. The number of times people have come and said, I didn't know you were so cross about that. What do you mean? 
Well, it was so blunt. You know, and I, the thing is, I send messages like I'm doing, you know, the cowboys days with, with, when they used to tap a message out. And it was just like, you save money by saving words. That's kind of how I send text messages. Happy, not that sermon. It might. So it just, I don't express it, I don't explain it. We've got to be so careful about miscommunication. I'd like to explore some miscommunication now. There was a, a when they began to first translate software uh, from one language to another, these are examples of what happened when people miscommunicate, when uh, they're misrepresented in their words, when they get it badly wrong and don't think about and consider what it is, when they don't check, when they don't check the words they've brought. So the first translation software from English to Russian was very good at translating literally, but not catching the meaning. So, out of sight, out of mind. Have you all heard the phrase? Out of sight, out of mind, which was fine until it was published in Russian, and it effectively said, invisible idiot. <laughs> Somehow it has a different meaning. The name Coca-Cola in China was first rendered, forgive my pronunciation if you speak Chinese, Keiko-Kela, as close as I could get. Unfortunately, the Coke company did not discover until after thousands of signs had been printed and millions of bottles produced that in Chinese that phrase means bite the wax tadpole. <laughs> Somehow it's not as snappy, is it? Also in Chinese, the Kentucky Fried Chicken slogan, finger licking good, was directly translated as eat your own fingers. <laughs> In Taiwan, the translation for the Pepsi slogan, bear in mind their culture, um, the Pepsi slogan used to run, come alive with the Pepsi generation, directly translated, again, printed everywhere across uh, Taiwan, it said, Pepsi will bring your ancestors back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> these are genuine, these are absolutely true. In Italy, as a typo in Italy, a misunderstanding, the Schweppes tonic water, was, again, printed incorrectly on bottles and posters, and it was, it was called Schweppes Toilet Water. Um, you have to be very, very careful. It's an Italian company that was doing the printing for an English firm, and it's just that slight twist of a key. It's that spell check, that autocorrect. Always assume when you read a text message or a message from me or anybody else, look at the words and think to yourself, has it been autocorrected? What might this actually mean? I'll look at some scripture, and then somebody can explain to me why every time I put scripture on that board, a white line appears across the screen for no random reason. Hebrews 10:22 says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled, with, uh, sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, that day being the return of Christ. In our Summer of Love series, which I shall reluctantly call it, we're going to tackle speaking. 
speaking out the word of God, speaking out, being prophetic, carrying something of God in our lives. That might literally mean bringing a word into somebody's life that we feel God has placed on our heart. It may be the things we say and the way we conduct ourselves because there's something prophetic in how we should be as Christians. If we are walking as Christ, speaking as Christ, loving as Christ, if we are encouraging as Christ is in our day-to-day setting, in our Monday mornings, then there is something prophetic about that. We're not blending in. We're not made to blend in. How we speak is really important. Um, you'll have worked out that people speak differently. People respond to people in different ways. Um, if you're a visitor, where would you say I was from? From Barnsley. How can you tell? How can they tell I'm from Barnsley, Neil? Because I flatten my vowels. I'm obviously a Barnsley bloke. Now, if Neil was stood here, where would you think Neil was from? Because Neil speaks a different language to me. But he's from Barnsley too, except he knows all the local dialect. Words that I've never heard. If a guy called Roy was here, a dear friend and brother, Roy just basically speaks old Viking. Um, and nobody understands him. But he's just a godly, wonderful man. But here's the thing. When Roy's around, he exudes love and proclaims Christ. And he encourages so there's something even now in his old age that is prophetic about his heart that is a beautiful thing. We live Christ. That in itself is prophetic. But we're going to be talking specifically about words this morning. The spoken word, the written word, uh, are often open to interpretation. Um, we can get wound up about reading text or getting words wrong and misunderstanding people. We get very vexed about those things very, very quickly. We're good at noticing mistakes. So what happens when we come to important things like prophecy and tongues? Imagine prophecy, the heart of God, the word of God spoken over us. That's an important, critically important concept. And we profess love. We encourage the heart. Uh, That's what we're about. So here's what I'm proposing today. Without love, there is no more than a prophetic moment. With love, there is a prophetic movement. It's a kingdom come thing. You see, sometimes if we bring what we think is a word of God without the love of God within it, it's like a spiritual sugar fix. It's a rush for a moment, but gone. But the Holy Spirit brings sustaining nourishment and value and health. So the words that we bring, the prophetic word, needs to come from a place of love, not from agenda. It needs to be something that sustains and builds and is passionate, has conviction and care and love that would lay its life down for the person being spoken to because that's the heart of Christ and that's where the prophetic word must come from remember we said that uh, last week we said that uh, when I was speaking that the the language of heaven our tongues the language of heaven the, the words used in the Greek are the language for pastoring for pastoral for caring for building that is the language of heaven. So the, when we say, uh, if we speak in the, the, the tongues of angels or men, the language used there is one of pastoring, of building, of releasing, of encouragement. Tongues and prophecy are the words of the messenger, the angel, or the pastor. These are the, that, that's the heart voice of God that we need to capture in some way. So the Bible says, out of the mouth the heart speaks. Wow, so what's in our heart? Because out of our heart, the mouth speaks. What's in your heart this morning? How were you speaking this morning? How do you speak on a Monday morning? Because there you'll discover where your heart is. I find that often a shock to myself. How I respond to things tells me what's going off in my heart. Um, 
It needs to be Christ. So we're going to look at the prophetic voice this morning. What comes to your mind when you hear the word prophecy? What comes to mind? I must admit the first thing that came to my mind when I read it was Mystic Meg. Does anybody remember Mystic Meg? Mystic Meg is not a biblical concept. Crystal balls are not a biblical concept. All of that kind of weirdness is not biblical. That's not what we're talking about today. You might think of the Old Testament prophets and the things they did. I don't want to prophesy like an Old Testament prophet because the Old Testament prophets, some of them never actually spoke a word. They lived out their prophecy. So one of them, for example, walked about naked and rolled about on the floor because he was living out his prophecy. Anybody up for that this morning? You and me, Johnny. Yeah? Yeah? So we're going to walk through the town centre and prophesy to the town and be arrested thereafter. You might think of the Old Testament prophets and all of the big stuff that happened, all of that dramatic kind of landscape and sweep of things. Is that what we're talking about this morning? I'm not quite sure it is because something changed with the arrival of Christ. Something bigger than all the prophets that allowed the Holy Spirit not just to touch and motivate a life but to dwell within a life through salvation. Maybe you think about the book of Revelation. Who reads the book of Revelation all the time and gets excited? Who reads the book of Revelation at the end of the Bible and goes, who are? (laughs) I have regularly read the book of Revelation. I've read other people's books that they've written about the book of Revelation. I've listened to people speaking about the book of Revelation. And my response always is, who are? (laughs) My standard response is, you don't need to worry too much about it because we know what our call and commission is as Christians and God will fix it when Christ returns anyway. I know that's a cop-out, but you know what? I'm sticking to it for now. There are some things that are about Revelation, just not for this morning. New Testament prophecy that Paul is speaking about is different to those things. Prophecy is sometimes associated with telling the future. It can involve this, but more often than not, that's not what it's about. When we talk about bringing a prophetic word and touching people's lives, it's very rarely a crystal ball moment. It's not Mystic Meg. Prophecy is one of those promises of the Spirit's presence. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says this, In the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So here's the deal. There is spoken prophecy. But when, when Gary comes and stands here and says, My family's seen what's changed in my life and what's happening. They've seen what God is doing in my life. And I've acted out this new moment, this new process in my life. There is a living prophetic word there. You may not feel it. You may not think that's what's happening. But that is exactly what's happening. You're proclaiming the word of God. And that is encouraging. That comes out of a place of love. That builds up. That professes the goodness of God. And all of those three elements are part of prophetic word. Prophecy. Is simply speaking a word from God inspired by the Holy Spirit, often spontaneously for people strengthening, encouragement and comfort. It's about building up the church. It's about building up the church. We profess the truth in love to encourage others. It helps you and it helps me to know that we're made for Mondays. So when we gather like this, we build one another up to help us and prepare us for Mondays, being the representatives of Jesus in our day and in our daily lives. I need input. I need God's word professed over me. I need the love of his people. I need encouragement so I can walk Monday mornings. We all need that. 
In some circles, prophecies carry um, carries almost as much authority as the Bible. And people are very reluctant to question a prophet when they give a prophecy. Um, <laughs> but the Bible places some very strict limits on prophecy. I am on such thin ice here. First of all, we believe that the Bible is authoritative and so contemporary prophecy is subject to Scripture. That means, I don't care how famous the person is, every word they bring must be weighed against Scripture. That means check out what someone says against Scripture. And if it's out of line, we don't go there. But if it's in line with the heart of God, if it is a word that professes the truth of God, if it is a word brought in love, and if it is an encouragement for the saints, then I'll grasp it with both hands. I will own it. No revelation from God today, though, is bigger than the word of God that we have. Here's the deal. Prophecy usually is not doctrinal. And that's important. Because people get afraid of bringing the word of God. When we pray for somebody, when you stand with somebody, when somebody comes in stands here and says, would you pray with me? And you stand with them and pray with them. We're afraid to bring a word into that life sometimes because we don't want to get it doctrinally wrong. But what if you stood with that person laying hands on their shoulders and just saying, I want to pray for you because I want to tell you that God just adores you. I want to proclaim God's word over you. I want to tell you this because I love you and because the Lord loves you and I want to encourage you. I promise you this, when the Holy Spirit's present, you will begin to speak in prophetic words. You'll begin to move in words that touch and change lives. Because this isn't for a grandstanding stage or some channel 723 on your your cable telly. This is for the sons and daughters of God. This is for your young men to have visions and dreams and old men to... This is the Holy Spirit present stuff that needs to be part of the life of Hope House Church. So needs to be a Holy Spirit presence. Prophecy is usually not doctrinal. It's a word given for encouragement or guidance. So the character of the one bringing a prophecy is important. Character matters. We need to be checking their grasp on Scripture and the way they deliver it. Are they living and ministering in a biblical, consistent way? And above all, do they live in love? See, I can strut around all day long proclaiming this, that, and the other. But if there is not love, if there is not that fruitfulness, if there is not the character of Christ, what am I doing? What am I doing? A life can be lived that professes truth, that loves and so encourages before a word is even spoken. You know, some people walk into the room and you just feel secure. Some people walk into, I, I, mean, I mentioned Roy earlier because Roy is one of those people. We, we, we spent a few minutes with Ruth just the other day. Uh, if you're a visitor, we've got an, uh, an older couple in our church called Roy and Ruth. They're just great people. They just love the Lord. They just love the Lord. I, I, I can't imagine... Like they just say good things about people and to people and over people. They just love God. They just love the Lord and have walked as saints for decades. And as soon as they walk into the room, here's one of those weird things that happens. You think, Roy's going to start talking. I'm trapped here for two hours. But you know what? The same thing you think, and I'm going to feel safe. And I'm going to feel good afterwards. I'm going to feel built up and encouraged. Because they're going to speak good things all my life. They're going to make me feel valued. They're going to make me feel wanted. They're going to tell me that what the heart of God is. They're going to share a scriptural word with me. I'm going to feel loved. And I'm going to feel encouraged to walk out of here taller in God. They live. They live the heart of God. There are other people like that around this place. I am so thankful for them. Leading Hope House Church what I fundamentally do. This will always be my foundational approach. What is a character? What is a heart like? You see, because that trumps gift every day. 
it's above gifting. You may have all the technical skills and gift in the world, but if you have not the love of Christ in your heart, if you don't live it, if people don't feel it when they're around you, then there's so little we can do because we need to be Christ-centered people. Out of that, the prophetic can flow. Out of that heart of love, the Holy Spirit can fill and build and release. If you love the church, you will build the church. If you love the church, you won't condemn it. You'll find ways to build it. You will serve it. We're, we're, we're solution people. We're God-answer people. We're the kind of people that walk. We were having a conversation earlier. Me and Andy were having a conversation. And we were talking about electric drills. Who's fascinated by electric drills? Raise your hand now. Battery drills, electric drills, 110 volt, 240 volt, all that kind of stuff. And Andy made the most profound observation. None of us are interested in drills. What we're interested in is the hole that they make, because it's the hole that we need. The hole is the issue. See, we can walk around with the best electric drill in the world, but if it ain't making the right hole in the right place for the right reason, it's just a big electric drill. We've got to be the right hole, the right reason, the right place. That's what we've got to be about. Um, words of love empower the word of God for life. Words without love disempower life. Do you get that? Words of love empower the word of God for life. Words without love disempower life. So I've got a, a, a megaphone here. I like my megaphone. I love this particular megaphone. I like walking behind Julie, singing songs and talking to her down the street. It annoys my wife intensely. The other day. I wasn't even born when that was written. Ish. Julie strangely finds that annoying. You see, I'm just, I'm just proclaiming the truth loudly. Because that's what prophetic is, isn't it? Just saying things loudly. Isn't it? It's on your hobby horse, being very loud. Sometimes we think by shouting loud, by being loud, by proclaiming, by saying things forcefully. Therefore, it must be the heart and prophetic word of God. No, it is the gentle voice of God sometimes. It is love. I realize there are two things happen to me. When I'm wound up, I get loud and I start shouting. When I'm not wound up and I'm loving, I'm quieter, I'm gentler, and strangely enough, more effective. I engage with people more in a more helpful way. So if I'm shouting at you, or losing my eye, or getting very loud, there's a good chance it's not a God heart that you're seeing, it's a frustrated person. Without love, the prophetic words we speak will be a loud gong or a clang or annoying or disruptive or unhelpful. Our prophetic voice needs to be so much more than just a loud gong because that's what this is. It's just loud and clangs. It needs to come with love. It needs to matter. The same words brought with, lo with love will be uplifting and helpful and building. That's a strange thing, isn't it? I can bring the same words to you. I can read the same scriptures. I can proclaim the same word of God over you. And without love, it could break you. With love, it can build you. It's where, as I was saying the other week, we're going to connect these things together. See, the prophetic gifts 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit are grounded only when they meet the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, because that describes the character of Christ. So our prophetic voice, the voice of God, when we pray for somebody, when we seek to bring something prophetic, something insightful, when we seek to, to carry the Word of God into the church, it must come through the filter of the character of Christ. It must carry that heart of love first. We must be fruitful people. Joy, peace. Does my Word bring joy? Does it bring peace? Does it encourage? Does it proclaim the Word of God? The Bible says I prophesy in part. We prophesy in part. Do you know why I prophesy in part? If I bring a prophetic word, do you know why it'll be a part of that? Because I'm not fully formed yet. I don't look like Christ yet. I know that you'll think I'm the most amazing church pastor in the world, don't you? Yes. More affirmation would have been good at that point. I know you think I'm just the most loving, wonderful, ace church pastor in the whole of Barnsley, don't you? Thank you. For those listening on tape, can we just edit that bit out so when I just say it first time, they just cheer, all right? So it just looks more seamless. seamless. Excellent. Thank you. We'll edit that later. But here's the truth. At times, I can display the character of Christ. So I can bring the Word of God in a heart that is like the character of Christ, but there's an awful lot of me left over. There's an awful lot of my baggage. There's an awful lot of my history. There's an awful lot of my stuff still floating around in here. So the problem is when I prophesy, there's a big piece of it comes like he's the heart of Christ. But there's a big piece of it isn't. This is Paul's opinion. I just need to make sure that the heart of Christ is bigger than Paul's opinion. When we bring in the word of God to people. When we're praying over people. When we're prophesying over people. When we stand and put hands on a shoulder and say, I just want to pray for you. When we say things like, I just feel the Lord would tell you this. I just feel like I want to pray this way. You know, it could just be that that is the heart of Christ that is, through the Holy Spirit is beginning to give you his heart for that person. What I'm always fascinated with is that when we dress it up, it scares people. When we make it accessible, people begin to move in the prophetic. Without love, we're just loud. We have a personal agenda. Love is the heart of God and so more likely to connect us to his words. <laughs> loud is not authority or leadership. Because love influences and leads, motivates and grows people. A life with love empowers our words. Love leads, his character grows and is built up. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 21, it says this, Don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to it that, it, that is good. So let's be clear, if someone prophesies, we need to take it seriously. We need to take it seriously, but we need to weigh it against the God that we take incredibly seriously. The Holy Spirit breaking into our lives right now in this situation is exciting and important. See, later on, we're going to pray for each other. And later on, some of you might bring a prophetic word to the people around you. They might just pray. I just feel like the Lord is saying this to you. And you could find yourself praying to that person's situation and being moved by the Holy Spirit and touching life. Anybody ever have that experience? I just want to pray this for you. And you pray. And that person goes, how did you know? And you say, I didn't. I was just praying for you. But because we have a heart of love, to profess the word of God and to encourage people, we find ourselves beginning to move in the prophetic by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we got on to the other issue that I mentioned, tongues. So, all right, talking about prophecy in church, what about tongues? As if life wasn't weird enough. 
God drops tongues onto us. Who's comfortable with the concept of tongues? Raise your hand now. Yeah, I'm kind of all right with it. I'm all right with it. I'm good with it. I'll do it. That's fine. I'm all right with that. It's just that, you know, from my friend's point of view, they're not Christians. I'm just now even weirder than I was before. At least that's my perception. What about tongues? The gift of tongues is the ability to speak in an unknown language or heavenly language under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, God. Some people think it should be a real language, like on the day of Pentecost. People stood up and people heard their own language being spoken, no matter where they were from in the world. I've heard stories where that can happen. Why can't that happen in the Holy Spirit? I believe that God can do that in the Holy Spirit. Others think it can be a heart language where a spirit speaks directly to or about the Lord, just to connect with Him. Here's the truth. I would say my personal situation. I'm just going to talk from my situation. I'm not going to get into deep teaching right now. But there are moments where just the most amazing things are happening. I am lost for words. But I do have tongues. I do have a language I can just kind of pour out. I don't know where it comes from other than it's the Holy Spirit. And when you're in that moment of Lord, I just want you to know what I feel and I just don't have the words to say it. There are the words. But I've also known those moments of absolute despair and desperation where I've not known where to go or where to turn, and something just wells up with inside, and that's the time I just need to pray in tongues. The Scripture says that the Spirit intercedes with deep groanings. It's connected with that somewhere. Just those, for me, the extremes, I just wanted to tell God, not having the human words to do it, just how amazing he is or how desperate I am. Needing to connect with him. There's something about the heart of God. There's something about our spirit engaging with God's spirit. Something significant about that. They matter, but without love. Without love, they're nothing. When I have no words to praise, I'm bursting with pain. The Holy Spirit steps in. So what place do these gifts have in the church? We don't seem to see them all the time, do we? we don't, it doesn't happen every week. Um, one of the big issues that I have is that I want to see prophetic word work like this. Um, so we need to put some new roofs on some very leaky flat roofs next door. So I need somebody to come to me and prophetically say, The Lord saith unto thee, put flat roofs on or pitched roofs on made of this type. I want him to come to me like Noah and say, you will need cedars of Lebanon, this long and this wide. Cut them to this length and cover them in pitch. And then verily the rains will come and it will not leak, saith the Lord. Who wants prophecy like that? that that, That will be so helpful. I want the prophetic word that says, and verily do not worry about paying the electric bill in the new building. Because I am the Lord your God and I have the cattle on a thousand hills. And I think, Lord, I don't want cows. I want electricity. (laughs) I don't want to mock prophecy, but here's the deal. Prophecy goes deeper than that because prophecy shapes and changes who we are. Prophecy molds us into being like Christ. Prophecy enables us to walk for Christ. It speaks into our situation. It can pull us up. It can encourage us. It can lift us up. It can protect us. It can release us. I know that some people here would, see, uh, would want to see more of that. And I would want to see more prophetic word in this church. Um, I know some people would like to bring prophetic word and say, Thus saith the Lord. I'm never conf- confident enough to say, Thus saith the Lord. Because I know whatever has just been said is probably predominantly God, but a big chunk of it's me. And I can't always discern exactly which bit's me or what emphasis I've put on it. So I would always prepare people to come and say, I feel the Lord is saying, or this is the word, I feel this is the heart of God for us this morning. Because it allows us to receive the word of God 
but understand that it's coming through a very fragile vessel. Very fragile vessel. What does the Bible say about these gifts? Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Greater than all of these gifts. And right in the middle of these descriptions in Corinthians 13, where it's describing these amazing gifts of faith and giving of the Holy Spirit, moving in incredibly powerful ways, right in the middle of it, and winding it all up, it says, but without love. You have nothing. Because love never boasts. Love never does this. Love never does that. We need the love of God first. The best gifts have no value without love. See, I can be gifted 365 days a year, but if my character and attitude do not have love, I'm going to achieve nothing. I'm but a resounding gong, clanging cymbal. Guard your heart, renew your mind, Scripture says. Ever received a gift out of obligation? I have. Oh, thank you. I've always wanted one of those. I know exactly where to put it in the cupboard. I've got to give you a gift. I don't know what to get you. I hope you like this gift. I got it out of my cupboard. There's no love in that. God gives us gifts out of love. To give forward out of love. And I don't want to do anything weird this morning. But what I will say to you is that when the Holy Spirit is present in the life of his people, sometimes weird things will happen. Who here has got small children? Simeon will always be small. <laughs> Who here has got small children? We've, I've got, I, I was a small child. I've had small children. Here's one of the things I discovered. They can walk. Mine could anyway. And that was an amazing thing, except they fell down a lot. And when I was a kid, oh, no, I was about to do that thing. Oh, I was about to refer to my mum. <laughs> mum, tell them often. I was, going, I was oh, oh, fed up now. My mum would tell you often I was in casualty. I was like, in, in, in a 10-year period, I went to casualty something like 25 times. We had all the record. It's just ridiculous. Sprained my ankle something like ten times. Twisted my knee. Broke my elbow. Broke numerous fingers. Broke toes. Broke ribs. Um, broke a collarbone. Cracked a shoulder blade. Broke a cheekbone. Cracked my skull. Cut my head open. Cut my leg open. I just like was a, I don't know whether I was an adventurous kid or just incredibly clumsy. I kind of think I was just incredibly clumsy. Boxing day. First time out on my skateboard. Broke my arm. Never rode a skateboard again. But here's the thing. I'm still alive, and I've grown, and I'm doing things, and I can now walk down the street without falling over. You know what's going to happen now, don't you, when I leave this building? <laughs> Did my mum wrap me up in cotton wool and never let me leave the bedroom? She let me get on with it. And when I said, Mum, I'm off out to play with the guys, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll make an appointment now in A&E, shall I? I know somebody else that's had this experience. The white men's had the same experience with their lad. <laughs> My mum got worried at one point that social services had come round. Um, but they never did. The 70s, didn't they didn't care in the 70s. <laughs> Which means the 80s. 
See, God knows that we're going to get it wrong sometimes. God knows that we're going to fall over. God knows we're going to cut ourselves open. He knows we're going to break a bone. He knows we'll tumble and knock somebody else over. But here's the deal. He lets us play the game. He gets involved with us and he picks us up and he teaches us and he trains us and we're discipled. So you know what? Don't worry if you get it horribly wrong sometimes. Just get involved in the game. You know, one of my biggest frustrations with football is that people watch it. You know, the, 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 the most annoying thing in the world to me, and forgive me, this is, general, this is not God, this is just my bad heart. This is why I have to be careful when I prophesy. You know when you're watching a football match and there's that guy that weighs 28 stone and he takes his shirt off in the crowd and he starts screaming, I could do better than that, you're rubbish. And I think, mate, if you try to run down the pitch, you'd probably have a heart attack. It just winds me up. Because so often I realize I'm commentating on other Christians' lives when I'm not in the game. I want to be in it and experience it. I want to be falling down and learning to do it. I want to be prophesying. I want to stand with you and lay my hands on you and say, I have no right to do this. I'm nobody. But Neil, I just want to pray for you this morning. Because here, here's the deal. We have an amazing God. And if I love you and I want to encourage you and I want to proclaim God's word over you, there's just a chance that God will get involved if my heart is for him. So we're going to do that this morning. We're going to have accidents, but maybe we'll have some wins as well. Weirdness tends to happen when love is gone, but I believe this is a loving church. And here's my proof for that this morning, because I believe Gary shared God's heart over this place. I love what he said. You're not like a proper church. You're not like church people. I love that. Good. Because I don't want to be like church people. I want to be like God's people. Because God's people and God's church should be a beautiful thing. It should be a natural thing and a real life thing. And it should be as in spiritual A&E. And it should be us on a spiritual football pitch. And it should be us loving one another and being involved together. Bringing words can be a bit more difficult in our Sunday setting. But I believe God can do it and wants to do it and wants to move us more into the Holy Spirit. You might think your life can't work this way. But I want to tell you this morning, there is a word of God that says he will pour out his Holy Spirit on the young and the old, on men and women. He wants to do that. And he wants to move into his gifts. So we need the Holy Spirit present in our life. Because he loves us that much to give us that gift. It's a risk. But what if this morning I invited the band back up? I'm not going to. I was just saying, what if I did invite them back? No, I want the band back up. It's all right. I like safe. Anybody that knows me knows I like safe. But sometimes we have to take risks and that frightens me. We're all very different. So what I want to say to us this morning is, in Ephesians 4.15 it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. Every ligament, every joint, every person, every soul, every attender, every person that loves the Lord that is sat in this room. So many of our friends now, it's holiday season, just shed loads of the church away on holiday, doing all sorts of wonderful things, but they still carry Christ in their situation where they are just like you will carry Christ tomorrow morning. So we need to be the kind of people that encourage one another. So here's the deal this morning. What if we had words of love to build each other up?
What if we were brave enough to go and stand with someone in this room now and pray for them? Just pray for them. Just remind them how much God loves them. Just remind them how much you care about them and love them. Just encourage them. And just for a few seconds, pray for them. What if as you did that, you said, Holy Spirit, would you just be with us now as we pray? What if? Let us draw near to God, it says in Hebrews, with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled, with, sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we, prof- we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Profess, love, and encourage simple we don't want to be people of a prophetic moment we want to be a prophetic movement we need the Holy Spirit so I don't know what you're going to do now but I know you need to be ready for Monday morning I know many of you face different things Jo came and shared some of her heart for this week and the week coming ahead saying I need the mercy of God I'll tell you what Jo needs right now she needs the word of God prophesying over her proclaiming to her, professing to her. She needs to be loved and she needs to be encouraged. So do I. Whatever your circumstances, situation, for the Monday morning experience you have to live, if you're going to live it for Christ, you need to profess the word of God to receive his love and to be encouraged. So the band are going to play. I'm going to pray and close. And I encourage you to stand where you are. Maybe to go somebody nearby, whoever it might be, However well you know them, I don't know them. And just say, I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. Why don't we stand together if you can? What if even this morning we begin to crack the door back open again and allow the Holy Spirit to be present? What if we begin to do that thing? So Lord, I want to pray now as the band play and begin to lead us in worship. Lord, we will be encouraging one another. We will be demonstrating the love of God toward one another. And we will profess the truth of God over one another's life. Lord, we may not be able to bring Bible verses to mind. We may not be eloquent. We may struggle to do this stuff. But Lord, your word says that you are for us. Your word says that you love us. And your word says that we can be encouraged by that. We can encourage one another. So Lord, we pray now, Holy Spirit, would you touch this congregation? Would you be in us, amongst us, round us? Holy Spirit, we pray that you'll begin to flow prophetically. Just as we stand with one another, as we perhaps put a hand on a shoulder and pray, as we perhaps embrace somebody, Holy Spirit, we invite you to be Lord of our lives, to use us, to move amongst us now. We ask it in the name of Jesus, that you would hold to your promise of Scripture and pour out your Spirit on us today. So that's very simple. My encouragement to you is simple. Just stand with somebody as you feel comfortable and pray for them. Bring God's word to them. Love them. Encourage them. And who knows, perhaps the word of God may break out in that life and equip them and build them and release them for works of service to carry Christ into our community. Let's worship God together.
breaks on me like an ocean And I'm caught up in your rolling seas In your love is a place like a wide open space Call me out into all I can be I will walk on the waves of your promise. Risk it, pray for another. I will walk in your word over me. Trust the strength of God in you. I will walk on waves. Tell us with this. Tell us with this. Call me out into all I can be. I found your kingdom on my knees I found salvation wild and free When I found you I found my life in mercy deep I found your kingdom on my knees I found salvation wild and free When I found you Oh 
I was looking at it was telling which Bible verses this was drawn from and it's from Micah 4 Micah 4 says in the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains it will be exalted above the hills and people will stream to it many nations will come will come and say Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The Lord will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many people and settle disputes among strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under his own vine, under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of our God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Well, thank you that you care about us so much you leave your Holy Spirit with us you care about your church so much that you help us with greater than our own strength, with greater than our own abilities with that love that Paul was preaching about, with those words that come straight from you Lord help us to love one another, help us to hear you and show your love in this place, in this world for the building up of the church. Amen. We're going to do teas and coffees now. 